Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. to hear, that's what I like to hear, for this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you all week? Oh, we had a power pack week over here on the due time with Pastor Steph, as we started off shaking the Monday morning blues. Oh, we talked about that California teacher who was caught on camera directing the children to where they could find the sex toy. But before she did that, oh, she talked about how, you know, the men who uh, were engaging in homosexuality uh, practices how they enjoyed their uh, activities, if you will. And then she commenced to telling the children that they could find the sex toys at Target. Uh, And she confirmed one child's uh, story that you can also find sex toys in CVS. Yeah. I tell you, I don't know what we're going to do about these teachers who decide that they're going to plan their own lesson outside of the parameters of the school and the school system. Yeah. Well, we uh, had our relationship news where three young individuals decided uh, to argue, and unfortunately... The uh, the couple who were actively involved decided to kill the ex-girlfriend when the current girlfriend told her boyfriend to smoke her. Yes, uh, the two women were arguing, and after a while, the current girlfriend told the ex, uh, well, told her boyfriend, to smoke his ex-girlfriend, and unfortunately, he decided uh, 
to uh, follow through. Nobody's using their head these days, you know. You are now going from an active relationship now to jail. You know, unfortunately, a young woman had to lose her life for this particular uh, melee of activity. You know, we talk about relationships here on Mondays. And, you know, we don't like to talk about this side of relationships. But, you know, this week was a little different. You know, we have to shine a light on, you know, just using our heads, you know, in a relationship. Now, he's killed this ex because the girlfriend told him to. And now there won't be much of a relationship. No, because she's going to jail for a certain amount of years, but he pulled the trigger. So he's going to go to jail, I'm sure, for a whole lot longer. And, you know, eventually he will ask himself, you know, was it worth it? Because when she's on the street and she's dating and she's moving on with her life, that won't be his, that won't be his fate. Because he will spend a long time in jail for the cold killing of this woman. And, you know, as you get older and as you mature, you realize that a lot of things you did in your youth was really not the smartest thing. And unfortunately, this is something that he will look back on God's is his life. Really. Really. And he will not be smiling at this decision. So in your relationship, you know, I pray that you are making better decisions. You know, because death is not always the only wrong decision that people make. So think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Well, we could not finish a Monday off properly if we did not get the switch tip for the week. The switch tip with Shantice was choose your lane. Now, as always, we can always double back to the relationship that we had before the switch tip. And although Shantice was talking about, you know, choose your lane in regards to, you know, your life in Christ, you know, is that the lane you're going to choose? You know, remember, we've been quoting all week, broad the road that many will travel that will lead, excuse me, to destruction, but narrow the road which only few will find that will lead to eternal life. Now... That's where she was going. And again, you know, whether you're talking about your spiritual life, whether you're talking about, you know, your life here on earth, you know, in regards to the decisions that you make, yeah, either way, whether we're thinking about that second life that we all will have, you will have to choose wisely how you do it now. Choose what you want to do now because, man, oh, man, oh, man, 
going to be a price to pay if you make the wrong decision and choose the wrong lane. Okay? Okay. Well, that's how we spend our Monday. Well, let's talk about it. Tuesday, church folk, they rolled around, and we started the My Two Cents segment this week on the HBO Max miniseries, Life, or excuse me, Love and Death. Yeah. Oh, talk about choosing your lane. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, It's the story of Candy Montgomery and another couple, her, her husband, and another couple, and how Candy and the husband of the other couple decide to choose the lane of adultery. Woo-wee. Man, when you talk about making wrong decisions, this is a story where we could not get out of the first episode of them making a million wrong decisions. Yes. You know, so after much contemplation and planning, these two people, Candy and Alan, decide that they're going to have an affair. And, you know, when we talk about planning, we're talking about planning. I've never seen anything in my life on TV, in real life, in a movie, a sitcom. I don't care what it is. Where two people planned to commit adultery. And I mean, lay it out. So you plan your sin. This is, I mean, this is the epitome of planning your sin. And so many things, you know, uh, happened in this episode. And so much talk. And so much commitment to doing the wrong thing. And not only are we talking about choosing your lane, but we're talking about just taking the out that God gives you. You know, through all of this planning and all of this talking, you know, there was an opportunity for either one of them, if not both of them, both of them to really come to their senses and say, you know what, this is just not a good decision. You know, they both talked about not wanting to, quote-unquote, hurt the opposite, you know, of the spouse. And, you know, how do you make this decision when supposedly your concern is to not hurt the one you have committed your life to? How can you continue to move forward when you say you love your spouse and you don't want them to get hurt, but yet you're doing everything that will definitely hurt them. So, you know, I advise you to come on and join and go on for the ride. For this miniseries, Love and Death, you know, the conversation was absolutely crazy on Tuesday. And uh, it was a good one. I got to tell you, it was a good one. It was a good one. So come on, join us. Uh, See where this goes. Okay? All righty. 
Well, wow, Wednesday rolled around, and our girlfriend Vivian got us to talking about the Los Angeles Board of Ed, who uh, have decided that during Pride Month, the LGBT community uh, will be included in the lesson plans. Yes, yes, yes. You know, we have been talking for the past few months about how these teachers have been, you know, silently and secretly incorporating, you know, the the uh, homosexual communities conversation in the school lesson plan, you know, without getting prior approval. Well, they have no worries about that down in L.A. because next time Pride Month rolls around, they will be incorporating and promoting the inclusion for the students, the staff, and the community. And if they are sliding it in now, I don't even know what they will be talking about when they already have prior permission to get this conversation on. Yes, yes, yes. Can you imagine what's going to happen? Well, talk about sex toys on Monday. On Wednesday, our girlfriend Vivian also told us about the Rhode Island man who had (laughs) been breaking into homes, and when he was caught, he told them he was trying to steal sex toys in order to give them as presents. Now, talk about a lack of originality. Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, one of the ladies brought up, you know, when he gave the presents, were they going to be clean? I'm done. I was ready to shut the conversation down at that point. But, you know, again, we really have to look at the world's mind. You know, this is the kind of stuff. Now, they, you know, this is the kind of stuff they talk about. Now, I don't know if this was really true. Now, I don't know if he was just saying this stuff, but listen, this is what he told the authorities, and who knows? With the way the world is going now, that very well may have been a true story. So, uh... Uh-huh. Those were only two of the stories Vivian brought us on Wednesday, a whole socially conscious segment. Well, on Thursday, oh, were we in for a treat as we had Tress talk with Gertie. And this month, we talked about the do's and don'ts of coloring your hair. Now, let me just say this up front. Our sister Gertie says, don't try this at home. That's what her, I mean, she really pushed this thing. Her her advice, really, please do not, please do not try this at home, or it may go horribly wrong. She says that when it comes to hair coloring, you really need to sit and get a consultation because some of the decisions as to what you want to do.
do with your hair, you really need to understand how to achieve it, all the things you need to do to get that accomplished, as well as what's going to happen afterwards. Are you going to be able to maintain what you have decided to do with your hair? Now, I just want to let you know that we did have two live questions about the hair coloring. And one was, you know, a a hair coloring self-job was done. And initially, oh, it looked beautiful. It came out exactly the way, you know, the desire was. But when the hair started to grow out, Boy, did it have a mind of its own. <laughs> and we talked about dyeing your dreads. So, you know, if I were you, I'd go back and listen to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and definitely Thursday if hair coloring is your thing. Definitely go back and listen to the episode for this week. It was hot this week, as with pretty much every other week. You know, this due time was past. And we listen. We talk about everything from a Christian angle as well as a carnal angle. Yeah, we always start off with the carnal angle. I just want you to know. Okay. So really, in all honesty, you need to go back and listen. There's so much information that you can get from this week's episode, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed, all right? All right, well, today is Freestyle Friday. We about to get our freestyle on and our conversation going. Now, I really am not impressed with the news, but I do have an, you know, an interesting set of stories, if you will, so we'll see what the men add to it today. As it is their day. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, go nowhere because we will be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Eccles, Acting Director of Health for the City of St. Louis. June is Men's Health Month, a national observance used to raise awareness about health care for men and focus on encouraging boys, men, and their families to practice and implement healthy living decisions such as exercising and eating healthy. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, men in the United States on average die five years earlier than women and die at higher rates from the three leading causes of death, heart disease, cancer, and unintentional injuries. The City of St. Louis Department of Health challenges male residents of the city to take the pledge See the healthcare provider regularly. Eat a healthy diet rich in fruits and vegetables, whole grains, and low-fat foods. Exercise for 30 minutes a day, at least five days a week. Maintain a healthy weight. Get a good night's sleep. And manage your stress. Be well, St. Louis.
morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Freestyle Friday. Thanking God for allowing us to enter into this side of the week. It's almost over. The work week, the school week is just about over. And, uh... We're going to get our talk on today, and hopefully, you know, we'll uh, stumble across something that'll be worth the conversation. All right? Well, you know, I always like to start off a Friday with an interesting piece of news. Well, 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 you know, I'm going to talk about my segment, Who Knew? Now... I'm I'm kind of tossed between two stories, so I think I'll quickly do them both because they're kind of both in the same vein, if you will. Well, who remembers good times when Thelma had considered marrying eBay? Oh, come on. If you were a Good Times fan, there is no way in the world you don't remember eBay. Now, eBay was a an African student that was here on, like, a school visa. And Thelma, in her college days, met and fell in love with eBay and decided that she was going to marry him. And that would mean that she would go away to his African homeland to be with him. And remember that's when she got the braids and the little, you know, beaded hair and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, remember that? I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Well, his name, real name, is Johnny Sika. And Mr. Johnny Sika had a very interesting journey before he got to Good Times role, the Good Times role. So when he was younger, he actually ran away from his home in Gambia, West Africa. And after his mother sent him from his original homeland to live with his aunt, that's where he ended up. And he eventually ran away from the aunt's home. And he, you know, he was a teenager living on the streets in, you know, in Gambia. And for a short time during the Second World War, Sika was an interpreter for the American air base in Senegal. He then worked on the shipping dock. And he figured, okay, I ain't got nothing to lose. He decided to escape that situation for a better life. And he decided to run away from his country. And he ended up in France. So at the age of 20, he was a stowaway at the bottom of one of the ships that was leaving the dock where he worked. And he hid there until the ship made its way to France. So he got there safely. 
He was never caught by the authorities. And then he made his way to Paris because it's not where he started off when he ended up in Paris. Yeah, I'm sorry, in France. He ended up in Paris where he stayed there for three years. He then moved to London, England in the early 50s. He joined the Royal Air Force for a couple of years, and then he pursued his acting career. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he had, you know, some little success in some success. Excuse me, in a few various plays. His film career kicked off when he was dubbed as the British version of Sidney Poitier. Well. He was getting his accolades, but he really was quite annoyed with his lack of success because he was watching his European counterparts, such as Sean Connery. And Sean Connery was making some major success, and he was not going anywhere. So, Sika moved to another country where he figured it was a greater opportunity, and that was the United States. Now, that's when we saw him in Uptown Saturday Night. Now, if you know Uptown Saturday Night, that was with Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier, and he was had a very small part, and then he ended up on Good Times as eBay. So, unfortunately... He didn't do all that well after that, and he ended up trying to, <laughs> he tried out for a part in Roots. Well, he may have been the right color, but he wasn't, he didn't have the right accent. So they said that they didn't feel he was good enough, but he did land a job um, in the Roots, the next generation. Um, series as an African interpreter, which was actually the life that he was, you know, living when, you know, we, excuse me, when we found him as eBay. So his life kind of came full circle. Well, he then met in, you know, um, got a little closer because he did meet Sidney Poitier in, um, what do you call that, Uptown Saturday Night. And as a matter of fact, they say that Sidney Poitier was the one who helped him get um, the role. And he ended up in a couple of small roles. Well, after that, his uh, 90s decade ended up with a lot of health problems, and he had to end up retiring from acting altogether. Now, can you imagine that's what he wanted to do all along? He's done all this stuff from uh, Africa and all of this kind of stuff, and he made his way through several countries, and then he ends up having to, what do you call that thing, um, Retire in 1995 in that area. Well, he ended up passing away 
in 2006 in California. So he actually didn't do a whole lot in his, you know, in his life. And that's really why we didn't see him very much in, you know, in movies or on TV. So eBay was really his biggest role. Like, can you imagine all of that? And your biggest role was on two episodes of Good Times. Well, whatever his estate, you know, whoever was holding his estate, well, you know, Good Times is in constant, you know, reruns. So I guess a couple of dollars will go to his family. He had a very small family, actually. He was married, and I think he had, like, one or two children. Um, yes, he has one. He had one son, and he was married. So, yeah, well, I thought that was pretty sad. Well, speaking of good times, do you know that there is this huge battle with John between John Amos and his daughter right now? Now, John Amos just appeared not that long ago in one of these more recent movies or shows or something. Yeah, since his role on Good Times as the father, he has done quite a bit of work on like eBay. And they, I mean, he and his daughter, they have some serious situation going on. So here's the deal. Her name is Shannon Amos, and she has gone public with this announcement about her father's health status. Now, according to Shannon, her father, John Amos, has fallen victim to elder abuse and possibly financial abuse at the hands of his caregiver, which is never named. It never says whether it's a male or female or anything like that. And she says he's fighting for his life as he's hospitalized in ICU. Now, she states that she was away, and her father called her and told her that he was in some kind of severe pain and um, he had been hospitalized. And because she couldn't get back to him quick enough, because I think she was like out of the country or something, she says, she ended up calling someone to fly in to kind of see what he was complaining about because she said that it was a FaceTime chat and she was able to see him, he didn't look good, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's 83 years old. He's 83 years old. And she was really worried about him based on his FaceTime uh, communication. Well, she says that once she got there, He ended up in ICU, blah, 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 
And so she decided to start a GoFundMe with the goal of raising $500,000 to take care of his legal fees, his medical expenses, and some aftercare she felt he would need. Well, he's like, wait a minute now. He made a statement to TMZ, and he says all of it is a lie, that no one is or was abusing him. He has not been fighting for his life. He says that um, he has no idea why his daughter is making these claims. He has no idea why she started this GoFundMe. And, you know, that ain't him. Wow. Now, they say as for the hospitalization, his rep says that he's been in the hospital because his lower body was filling with fluid and all the way to his abdomen and was causing issues with his heart. But the doctors had been able to drain everything, and he's starting to feel very well. So they are really, really, really kind of puzzled as to why all of this is going on between the two of them because he's always had a very good relationship with both of his children. And if anybody out there is planning to donate to John Amos's, what do you call that thing, GoFundMe, Hold on to your dollars. Don't do it. Don't do it. All righty? All righty. Well, what are we going to talk about today? I have a whole bunch of stories, but I am so not uh, impressed. What I will quickly talk about is, remember last year we talked about Devon Franklin Yes, the minister, Devon Franklin, and when he, you know, him and his wife, Megan Good, the actress, were getting a divorce. And, yeah, remember we broke it down a couple of days, you know, what they said and all that good stuff and, you know, how the Christian community, um, you know, could break that down and how it didn't all sound good. And then recently, we've done a story about, what's his name, Jonathan Majors. Now, Jonathan Majors was the one who played opposite of Michael Jordan in Creed Three. And remember, and he was the one who, he lost all of his endorsements because they said that he was accused of... Uh, abusing the girlfriend, and then they said he wasn't, and then they said that he had some, what do you call that, what do you call that thing? They had evidence and some tapes and things like that. Well, guess who's dating? Now, you know, I don't normally dish the tea like this. That's not my thing. But I just thought it was real interesting that last year, 
the two of them were, you know, we discussed their sloppy, if you will, divorce. And now she's actually dating this Franklin guy, this Jonathan Majors guy. So, you know, I'm, and I said all of that to say, you know, he may have lost all those endorsements, but still his dating has not gone anywhere. Now, he, Devon Franklin, the ex-husband, was on Tamron Hall, and he was talking about, you know, how he's been dealing with that divorce between the two of them, and he says that, you know, he's been affected. He's really been affected by it. He said he's doing much better now, but there are many nights he cries himself to sleep. There are times when he's angry, but he says, I've allowed myself to feel whatever I feel in order to heal properly. And I thought that was kind of interesting also because, he sometimes says that, you know, when he's not really facing what he's feeling, he's trying to find something to help him get through the pain. And I was reading this, you know, dialogue between him and Tamron Hall, and he says so often, especially when you're in the public and do the work that I do, there's a temptation to want to be there for everybody else and not be there for yourself. And I really try not to worry about anything or anybody else, but just focus on the healing process. And I have to tell you, as I'm looking through this entire, uh, what do you call it, dialogue between the two of them, do you know he does not mention God at all in this article? Yeah. He talks about, you know, the fact that people have told him that Jonathan Majors and his ex are dating. He says he really doesn't, you know, think about that, you know, big deal. It's no real issue to him. There's no, you know, hard feelings, but not once. As a minister, I'm going to go back. You know, he's, and, and listen for myself because there is like a little, um, a little, what do you call it, a snippet from when he was on another, when he was on The Breakfast Club, which is hot here in New York City. That's one of our local radio station morning club morning shows rather but in all of that he doesn't mention god helping him get through this process at all and i thought it was i mean really interesting when he says you know he tries to find something else to help him get through the pain and i'm like wow for a well-known minister and remember when we talked about the two of them getting a divorce, you know, they tried to make sure they mentioned God in all of that, 
Yeah, not one mention. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought that was really interesting that there was no mention of God, at least in this article, at least in the article. Okay, so now, you know, I get some I get submissions of stories, you know, to to present and talk about. And a lot of my stories that are submitted are about murders and killings and all kinds of things. And, you know, as you know, I try to really find different stuff to talk about. But I got to tell you, this one here was real disturbing, and I had to talk about it today. So you have this Maryland funeral home owner, and for those of you who watch the news, who listen to the news, you probably have heard this. But I was like, come on now. So you have this Maryland funeral home owner who's upset with another funeral home. And he decides to go to one of their burials and handle his unhappiness, if you will. So you had this burial of a young girl, 10 years old, who died in a drive-by shooting in Washington or Mother's Day. Now, can you imagine what a devastating experience that must have been? So she, little Ariana Davis, was shot, they say, while she was sleeping in her family's car and later on passed away. And she was being buried at the Washington, Washington, Washington National Cemetery on Tuesday. And all of a sudden, gunfire erupts. Well, Wilson Chavis, who is all of 48 years old, who is the owner of the Compassion and Serenity Funeral Home, kills Ronald Banks 30, who served as a pallbearer at the funeral, and all of this as a result of some long-standing business dispute with the Freeman Funeral Service. Um, that's what they did, Freeman Funeral Services. So in the shooting melee, one of the little girl's cousins suffered a leg wound, and the mother is really upset, needless to say, because Chavis, the one who did the shooting, it was his company who actually was covering her body. So, <laughs> so in other words, you hire, let me get this name, Compassion and Serenity Funeral Home. You give them your business to take care of the burial and the, you know, arrangements, really, for your 10-year-old daughter. 
the owner of the Compassion and Serenity Funeral Home decides to go to the grave site and he looks at the pastor and yells, I'm here for all you Iggers. <laughs> Jeez Louise. He pushes the pastor and says, this ain't your blankety-blank funeral home. And when several of the attendees confronted him about the disrespect of the family, he backs up and he trips over one of the concrete vault lids and he falls. So when he gets up, he pulls out a gun from his waistband and he fires openly. So they catch him later at some traffic light, traffic stop or something to that effect. So the mother is really upset because she's like, I didn't even get a chance to lay my child to rest. And here you are, the owner, cutting up. They said, the mother says that he even yells, I own this body, and spat on the pastor before he shot at the pastor. And the owner of the Freeman Funeral Services, she had already filed a temporary peace order against him for allegedly threatening and harassing them before. And unfortunately, they say that the order was dismissed earlier that day because the petitioner, which was her, failed to appear early that morning at about 8.45. So you have a company where the people hire you and your company to cover this body, and you go to the funeral um, site, the burial site, rather, and shoot the place up? You know, I tell you, when I tell you there's no respect for a living Ain't no respect for the dead. Ain't no respect for nothing and nobody these days. I mean, you just really, really just do what you want to do. And I can't get it. I can't get it. It's like you don't even wait. You don't even wait until it's all over. Nothing. This is what you do. Mm-mm-mm. Well, one more story before I add the due time crew to my conversation. They have this woman who is in a store, and she's shoplifting. So she leaves her two children in the store, I'm sorry, in the car, to go inside and shoplift. And while she's inside, the car catches on fire. And now you are charged with all kinds of stuff. And they don't really know 
what ignited the the fire, but they say that she's being charged with petty theft, battery, (laughs) and she still has some issue with some previous charges from another shoplifting incident. And you need to see this car. You need to see this car. Well, thank God, you know, the children did not lose, you know, their life. They say one of the children suffered first-degree burns to her face and ears. And I'm just trying to figure out, what did you go in the store to steal that was so important that you had to take the kids to the job site, another one, who can't wait to get their business on. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe I'm losing my mind, but here you are, 24 years old, and this is how you give away your life. Because, oh, she's going to jail for this one. She's definitely going to jail for this one. You know, we always talk about Brother Al, love the kids. So let's see if Brother Al can talk about this these situations. Uh, good morning, Brother Al. Good morning, chop of the morning, and I said chop of the morning again. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, today is no school, right? How are you doing over there? Oh, man, they drive me crazy. What they should have did was what happened is we have to do school remote. They decided to do it remote today. And it is just a big mess. They got me. I'm on a computer. I'm trying to find where I'm supposed to go. Oh, my God, just a, just a <laughs> mess this morning. Yeah, I'm telling you, wow. just a mess this morning, for real. So I, I, I'm trying to listen to you. I'm trying to log on to this stupid thing. So, but, but it's all good. I ain't mad because the good Lord woke me up this morning. I'm up able to go through the mess. Somebody, somebody can't go through the mess. You know, well, Brother Al, why are they remote today? What's the purpose of that? Exactly. Your guess is good as mine. They just said, okay, you know, no school. Cause there's, there's no school for, uh, I don't know which one, one of them, elementary school or high school. One of them don't have no school, but the other one does. And they should have just said, you know what, no school today at all. So, we're going through this mess today. They're gonna mess. They're gonna mess up half the day today, trying trying to get this situated. <laughs> wow, wow, wow! All righty, brother Al. We got two stories. One, we're talking about the mother who drove the the children to the mall, left them in the car, so she could go shoplifting. And now somehow or another, they have not figured out how the car ended up in flames. But now she's going to jail for a long time because they're going to charge her with all of that, all of the shoplifting, all of the melee that happened in the car that led to the car being caught on fire. What do you you know? What do you do with her? You know, you know how I always ask. What, what, what should be done? Yeah, with her? You, oh man, she she definitely she definitely needs to go to jail. Like, that, did did the kids die? No, did they? they did not die. One suffered first degree burns to her face and ears, though. Mm-mm-mm. Man, you know, so so 
you go to do your dirt and you take your children with you. Well, I ain't got a babysitter, so I'm going to take her with me. This ain't going to take long. I'm just going to run in here and rob you. I sit here and be careful now until I come back. You know, like, that just goes to show you when you're going out to go do evil. And look what happened. You know, she, she oh, my God, yeah, she definitely did. She she got so many charges against her. You got stealing. You got negligence of, her, of children. You got putting children in danger. Like, she got so many charges against her. She's she going to be in there for a minute. Oh, absolutely. And, Brother Al, they said that not only was she shoplifting, but she was in there with an unknown man. And they had items. They were walking around for about an hour. And when they were leaving the store is when they saw the 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 car in flames and dropped the stolen merchandise <laughs> and ran out the store. Wow. I tell you. I don't that, know about that. Crazy. I don't know. You you know, you don't have a plan. So you couldn't leave them in the car with the guy or you know, you couldn't have had him walk them around in another part of the store. I mean, I'm not trying to give you some ideas, but come up with a plan, yeah. at least. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I don't at know, least. Brother. Yeah, at least. Crazy. Okay, Brother Al, what about this funeral home owner who's hired his his uh, his funeral home is hired to cover the services of this little ten year old girl? And while the burial is going on, he goes out to the burial site and shoots at the pastor. He ends up uh, shooting one of the pallbearers, and now he's going to jail because he couldn't hold on to his anger. And he told them, I own this body. Oh, Brother Al. Wow. Hey. Sound, sound to me like he's looking for more business. <laughs> he, he's trying to create his own business. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, oh my man, that, that man, that's that's crazy. So you just say, hey, you know what? I'm going. I'm, you know, I, this body belongs to me. But what you mean the body belongs to you? They come up for you to do a service. So you're supposed to get the body ready, and and, and then have you know, wow, that's. You people crazy. Yeah. You know, I just decided to throw these out before we have our little conversation. You know, there was not a whole lot of great news out there, but these are the two that really kind of caught my attention. Thanks for joining. You go figure out what you need to do while Pastor KL and I <laughs> talk. And we'll be back, Brother Al. Thanks for joining us today. All right. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Stephanie. How are you? (laughs) I'm okay, thanks. I'm okay. You know, we don't have any exciting news. We have some interesting news, but nothing exciting today. Uh, Just a little chitter-chat about, you know, this... um, this man and this woman, you know, taking her children to the mall so that they could shoplift, and the car ends up on fire. 
They don't know how the car started, you know, or how it caught, in, you know, caught fire. But she going to jail. How long should she be sitting up in there? Man, she should be sitting up there for 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 a very long time. You know, that a very long time. First of all, listen, I understand you got to go to work, and I understand you got to punch the clock. You know, I, I understand that. I see people here every day that got to go to work who think that coming to steal is their regular annual job. However, you know, when you do your dirt, you don't involve your children with your dirt. You don't put your children in the background of your dirt. You know, first of all, leaving kids in a car by itself, even if you're not going to shoplift, it's illegal. You know, so here you are going to do something illegal and starting something illegal, you should go to jail for, for a very long time. And if you don't go to jail, you definitely should lose your children. Yeah. You know, we, we have some real issues, you know, for, like you said, for some parents who have the challenges of finding babysitters and child care so that they can go on legitimate jobs. But when, you know, this is your activity, you know, you you really don't need your children in your possession. And, you know, I understand people get desperate, but, you know, and they say desperate people do desperate things. But, I mean, just certain things, you know, need to stay off your radar. Like you said, it's been a long time since even leaving your children in the car unattended has been, you know, illegal, has been criminalistic. And now you are padding it <laughs> by going to do your shoplifting dirt with your man. So I don't know. You know, just, again, no plan, no well, nothing. You know what? Not, not only that, you know, you, you just stated how, you know, people are desperate. Okay. So people are desperate. That means I need to eat today. Now, in your statement, you said they dropped all of their bags. You know what I mean? So you want to try to eat today. You were trying to eat for the month, for the for two months, three months. You, you, you didn't use something where, you know, I, I'm just in, in a pinch, you know, and my kids got to eat today. You tried to, you, you went on a shopping spree, a filling spree, if you will. So, I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't even that important. And I agree. I agree. You know, for a long time, you know, you would hear the argument, you know, you, I, I had to go in the supermarket and steal because, you know, we had to eat. And, you know, you always say, you know, there's definitely a better way, something, un, you know, legal that you can do to get some money. But like you said, you know, this is not for immediate. This is not an immediate concern. So I don't know. Maybe the grocery bill was a little larger. I don't know. But, again, you know, there's no plan because, you know, you listen, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if the man was her friend, if it, the man was her man, if the man was one of the fathers, both the fathers. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you something. I, if it was her man, you could be my man if I had to steal with you in order to make it happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm but like, nah, nah, nah. And, and, I need to fix the new you're man. Correct. But I don't know if, if you know. But Okay, so. One of my stores is in the middle of four housing development. Let's call it that. Okay. We, you know, in New York, we call it the projects. Here, we call okay. it housing development. So, so what, what they would do now is they would get a list. 
from the tenants of what they need from the store. And the criminal will come and pick it up for them. That's how they make their money. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a job for them. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So they intentionally go, so I'm, okay, so I knock on my next door neighbor's apartment door, and I say, okay, Mm -hmm. what do you need from Piggly Wiggly Mm -hmm. today? And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whether they give me money or not, I'm going to go get the items from Piggly Wiggly, or they pay them to get the items from Piggly Wiggly. You know, pay them at, at a discount. So they'll say, okay, let's say they come into to, to a clothing store. Well, I need some food in the room in a medium. So they go and get some food in the room in a medium. They get, get a couple of socks. And if the item is twelve fifty, then they'll sell it at, at six fifty because they're going to make a profit anyway because they pay nothing for it. But this is what? their job. They do it every day. They do it every day. They have a list of what people want. And listen, we, we have a guy in the area we call the meat man. Because he'll go into steak store, Piggly Wiggly, and put put meat down down his tent and sell it for the low. Now, me, I don't know who wants to eat meat that was in your nut. But that's, that's oh, not God. Not, that's, that's watch far the beyond word. me. Watch you know, the words. That, that's far beyond me. But, but, you know, but this is how they make money. They she sells chicken wings. She sells oxtails. You know how much oxtails is. She sells oxtails. She sells the, the, the good meat. He ain't selling hot dogs. He sells the good meat. Wow, wow, wow. I have wow, this is new to me now. You know, I, I don't work outside the home. So I have no idea what in the world people are doing, but I have to tell you, this is new to me, that you would actually take a list, go get the stuff, and sell it at a discount. Wow, that is crazy. That is crazy. Oh, my. That's a big business. Wow. Well, maybe that's what they were doing. Maybe they were shopping for mm-hmm. the community, and that's why they had multiple bags. Yeah. And that's how that's they were going tonight. Wow. Wow. Oh. All right. So you're burying your family member, the owner of the people you hired. This ain't their competitor. They are on site somehow fighting with the people who are there. And I guess maybe he was mad because you are the competitor and you are there. We have problems and you ain't got no business on site. So he spits at the pastor and tells the pastor he owns the body. And he ends up shooting at the pastor. He ends up killing a pallbearer. He ends up wounding uh, an attendee. What I mean, what what kind of mess is this? You know, where you don't even respect your own business. Now it's one thing to respect someone else's business, but you're at the point now where you don't even respect your own business. And one of the comments 
um, from a, uh, a reader was they need to shut down his entire funeral home. Do you agree with that? Oh, I definitely agree with that. First of all, you know, I got to a point where I, I, I don't do funerals no more because I could be the ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't never know what's going on in these funeral homes. Especially, you know, listen, I understand this is with the competitors, but especially when you're burying people that you don't know. When people come and say, hey, can you bury Pookie for me? Listen, first of all, if your name, nickname is Pookie, you was into something. So I'm scared to bury Pookie. You know what I mean? I'm not burying Pookie. I'm not burying Junebug. I'm not burying these folks. Because you don't know who's coming out of the woodwork, especially if it's from a gunshot wound. You know, you don't know where the retaliation is coming back from. No, 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 no. I don't do funerals no more. I barely want to do your wedding. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the pastor was not at a very friendly funeral home, or funeral service, <laughs> and he spit at the pastor so it doesn't say why he's attacking the pastor, but again, you know, anybody's your target at this point. So I guess right. that's something you have to think about when you are, you know, uh, approached about doing funerals. I mean, it's sad to say that you would have to turn down a funeral because, you know, somebody, you know, is potentially, you know, targeted at the service or the burial site. You know, it this this, right. this nothing nothing is sacred anymore. Nothing, nothing, nothing is sacred at all. You again, you hired, you're hired, your services have been hired for a ten year old, and you are so out of source that you can't even wait for the ten year old to be buried properly before you go off. I don't know. That's I don't right. know, Pastor. Right. Yeah, this is sad. Well. We have our conversation today, and, you know, somehow it always ends up tying in. <laughs> it always ends up tying in with our, what do you call the thing, our, uh, our, our conversation. And one of the... The things that I stumbled across last night Before I even found my news Because I hadn't even looked at the news You know they talk about things Christian people need to stay away from Now You're, you're, you're coming in and out Pastor KL So while we speak to Brother Al for a minute Please try to find a, a little Better location Or um, communication Because I don't want to miss anything you have to say and um, we don't want to be interrupted. All right, Brother Al, Brother Al, Brother Al. Pastor KL just said he stays away from funerals now. Well, there's a list of things they have here that Christians need to stay away from. And funerals, I have to tell you, is not on the list. <laughs> but what they do say is Christians need to stay away from gossip. Why? Oh, yeah, we need to stay away from that because uh, gossip uh, starts a whole bunch of stuff. You know, um, gossip starts 
um, when it starts, it gets you to judging people because, hey, man, did you hear about did you hear about Mary Jane? And you start judging, and um, and and then and also the word tell you if you have a problem with with your brother or sister, you need to go to them and say something instead of telling somebody else. So we definitely need to stay away from that. All right. Pastor KL, the word on the street is stay away from gossip. If you're a Christian, why would you agree with that or disagree? Yeah, you got you got to really, really be careful. You know, I often say that a dog that bring a bone or carry a bone, you know, saying dog that bring a bone is going to carry a bone. You know, so so when when that person is coming to you talking about somebody else, trust me, they they're talking about you to somebody else as well. You know, you, you don't need to get involved in that kind of stuff. You know, be, be, before I listen to that stuff, I, I, I shut it down and say, hey, I don't want to hear about it. You know what I mean? Because if you're supposed to be the Christian coming to the Christian, then your job is to pray, not to talk about them. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, here was a really interesting one, and I have to tell you that, God has dealt with me a while ago about mentioning things to people that will possibly cause a problem. Like if that person doesn't need to know about it, then I don't talk to a person about it because it can definitely cause problems. And one of the things here they say a, a, a Christian person needs to stay away from instigating conflict. And that was one of the ways that's one of the ways, rather, you can instigate conflict. And I think a lot of times we just don't think about things like that. What do you think, Brother Al? Instigating conflict comes oh, in a many, 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 many shapes, forms, and fashions. Oh, yes, indeed. You know, we definitely need to, to stay away from that. You know, it's so funny because I think it was last week or so when we was here on the broadcast and we had a conversation about uh, the the mother uh, did something to the child, and the and the mother's sister, which was the aunt, um, told the child, and you know, and started a whole yes. bunch of stuff. And we had yes. different degree, you know, different things on that. No, you you stay away from instigating things. You know, um, our job is to pray for people. You know, that's how I think. There's a conflict. There's something crazy going on. We need to take it to the Lord and ask the Lord to help, you know, to help that person. You know, like like Nino Brown and my my brother's keeper. You know, so <laughs> we definitely need to stay. You, and, it, and it's not like you don't know. You know, boy, if I tell this person this, boy, it gonna be on. You know, and, and you know that from the jump. So so you know, but it ain't like you don't know what's gonna happen. You know, if I go over here and tell her this, boy, she gonna flip off. So we, we need to stay away from that and pray for that person. Absolutely, absolutely. Pastor KL, you know, we need to stay away from instigating conflict. And a lot of times, you know, people will come back and say, I didn't realize that that, you know, that that was going to happen. You know, there's a many a way we can actually get this conflict jump-started. And we need to be more thoughtful as to the things that we need to say and the things we don't need to say. Well, the first thing, and, and almost almost the, the bottom line is that 
when, when you're instigating conflict, you're instigating in self-emotions. You're not, you're, you're not into the spiritual realm, you know, because a lot of times it's, girl, this is what I would do if I was you. Man, how you going to let her do you like that? So, so you become in, in, in the self-emotion. You know, it, it's not in the spiritual realm because you're not giving. Spiritual advice is not instigation. You know what I mean? But when you start talking about out of the natural and, man, how you going to let that happen? Man, you need to leave him. Da, 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 da. Then, then you automatically is in a realm of the enemy. You know, you, it's automatic conflict. You know, forget about instigation. It's conflict. Because now the person who's contemplating on what, what they're going to do is now leaning on what you would do. And they're not even in that situation. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Mm, nice points, man. Nice points. Uh, they say we need to stay away from being flashy. Ooh. And we talked about, you know, this here on the broadcast. And, you know, some may say that what does that have to do with you? You know, if that's the way I dress, if that's the way I choose to, you know, carry myself, that has nothing. That should have nothing to do with my Christianity or my walk with Christ. Would you agree, Brother Al? I agree to a certain degree on that. You know, some you got some people who love sneakers because some people think when you're a pastor, number I've seen it when you're a pastor or a minister or a deacon and stuff like that. Every time you dress, you got to have a shoe, shoes and ties and suits on. You know, and just because you wear a, a, a suit and shoes don't mean that you're living right. So the clothes really got nothing to do with it. But then also it comes to a point where when you accept a calling or, or, or position that you do have to carry yourself in, in a respectful way. You know, um, we spoke about that with, uh, I forgot the pastor name, that's how they're doing craziness with a neck full of jewelry, go all these diamonds and all that. You know, okay, that, I think that's a little excessive, you know. So you do have to understand what comes with the position that you are in, you know. Well, if, if you're just a regular person that likes to wear sneakers and you ain't got the shirt and tie and all that on every day, I don't think that got nothing to do with what you're doing. Absolutely, because that's not necessarily flashy unless the entire, right. you know, entire outfit, you know, it can be, you know, uh, considered flashy, right? You shouldn't have to walk around with a shirt and tie or high hole shoes and a church hat on or your church collar on. So, no. Uh, Pastor KL, you know, they say that as Christians we need to stay away from being flashy. Why? Or why not? Do we? Are you talking to the mute button, Pastor Kale? Oh, I'm sorry. You're being flashy right now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I like to, I like to dress. So take me a minute now. Take me a minute. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of twofold because, because again, you know, I like to dress. You understand what I'm saying? But I also, I also think you have to use wisdom, even when you're dressing. You know, because I find that, especially if you have new converts or you're trying to get people into the church. You know, and you're preaching, sometimes they see you and, and they don't hear what God is speaking. And then, and then when, when you preach onto their sin, the first
first thing is they say is, oh, oh, you can say all that stuff because you can afford to, to, to change. You can afford to do this because look what you wear. Look what you drive. So you have to be careful. I mean, I, I'm even to the, to the point where uh, what Brother Al said, sometimes you need to come on in there with sneakers. Sometimes you need to come in there looking just like them so, so that they can respond accordingly. They, they, they can understand that, that he's just like me. And if God has delivered him from whatever he's been through, then he can deliver me. However, if I just see the flashiness, I don't see where you've been. So that's a problem. Mm, all right, all right. Hey, uh, hey, you know, they, they, I, wanted to, I wanted to jump in. I'm sorry, Pastor. I wanted to jump in uh-huh. on that as well. You know, even as with my church, I'm working on, um, you know, uh, them having a dress down Sunday, you know, especially that's getting even warm outside because I'm seeing people, um, you know, just me being at church early and standing outside the door saying good morning, people, you know, welcome, pe- you know, telling people you, you're more than welcome to come if you're up to it. We have a service today. And I've had a couple people like, well, you know, I don't really have no clothes like that. I mean, I just got this. And I'm like, come as you are. So Pastor Kale hit that right on the head. You need to have some dress down Sundays where people are like, okay, I don't have that, but you know what? Wow, I can come with my jeans and sneakers on and stuff like that. So that that is really pretty much needed. You know, it's funny that you should bring this up um, because I just got finished speaking to someone the other day about um, someone who was approached and it was requested that they wear dress-down clothes, and they would be allowed because, you know, that's it, it's not very common to always wear dressy clothes to church and things like that. I mean, everybody probably doesn't have the same reason for requesting this, but, you know, I, that's what I do, you know, when I when God gave me the ministry that I have. You know, that's what he gave me. You know, we for July 4th, from July 4th until Labor Day, which is September, the very beginning of September, that first Monday in September, we dress down. And like I said, there are parameters. You know, I just don't say, okay, just come as you are, because, you know, you, you always got that window where people go a little too far. But... You know, I just give them, you know, okay, this is what's acceptable and this is what's not acceptable. And when it comes time for, you know, after that September period, I don't have a problem with them jumping back into what we call church attire. And, you know, you need to let people have a little freedom, you know, in in how they dress because God will definitely deal with them you know, on their own. You don't have to necessarily, you know, come with the gavel all the time with, you know, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you There's certain things we can be a little more lenient on, and I think if we think about that, then, you know, it makes the atmosphere a whole lot, more, you know, a whole lot lighter. And a lot of the older people don't agree. You know, they want you to always be in, you know, suits and ties and things like that. But I think that was a good um, idea, Brother Al, you know, to help people feel comfortable with, you know, not necessarily having to dress because that's what they see. That's what they've been told. That's how they've been brought up. 
but, you know, just getting that little, you know, space to, you know, make it easier on the eyes for those who you may be trying to pull in. So, uh, you know, it's important that we allow them to have a more comfortable atmosphere at times. You know, it doesn't have to be the, the, you know, the consistent you know the you know the rule, but you can, you can make that exception every once in a while. All right, gentlemen. They say we should not Christian people shouldn't live in self pity. Mm, I thought this was an interesting one. Why not, brother Al? Well, to me, excuse me. For me, if you're living in self pity, that means you don't trust in God. You know. um, us as Christians, we have a habit of um, taking certain things out of the Bible that we want to follow. You know, if, if if you trust in God and you believe in God, then get out of that self-pity. Let's go to to our main source. That's our main source right there, our connection to, to, to Jesus, which being connected to God is our, our prayer. You know, telling God, you know, telling God what we need, asking him for his help. So we should, we shouldn't live in self pity because how are you gonna go out and preach to people? Hey man, you listen. Hey, you going through something and you 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 call on God and then they see you and you over there in the corner self pitying and 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 you know and and down and don't want to be bothered. So how can you tell people that when you're not doing it yourself? Mm, okay, okay, Pastor KL. You know we're talking about Christians who live in self pity. Is that acceptable behavior? Uh, no, not at all. Because for, first of all, I, I think when you live in self pity, is you're, you're you're living in 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 something that you can't get out of, or you feel that you can't get out of, that you feel that you're not worthy of. You know, you don't go to church because God can't use me. You don't go to church because I've done this and 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 God, I, I know God has called me, but I I'm not ready to go. You know, but but. As I often say, God has already forgiven what, what you won't forget. You know, and a lot of times we, we hold our own self back, hold our own self in captivity, bind our own self because we won't let go of some things. You know, that's where the repentance comes from. You know, you have to repent. You have to say, I'm sorry. You have to say, Lord, clean me up. You have to say, God, put me back on the wheel and make me over again. You know, you, you have to understand that you, even in your brokenness, you are still more than enough. God can still use you. Until we can get that in our mind and stop being uh, caught or jailed in, in our past, we're going to always be in self-pity. Mm, all right, all right, all right. Here's one that we touched on on Tuesday when we were talking about the episode uh, in Love and Death. And we talked about uh, a practice that the pastor, you know, had or habit, if you will. And on this list it says Christian people need to stay away from smoking. Now, Pastor Jeff raised the fact that, you know, for Kojic is where he came up in. You know, it wasn't acceptable. But for, you know, other faiths, it's fine to smoke. And what I found interesting was they had uh, the pastor was smoking. (laughs) A couple times they showed her smoking, which 
indicated like that was her habit. You know, that was something that she did. And as Christian people, you know, it says that we need to stay away from smoking. Now, you know, what's what's the big deal, some people say? Well, especially coming from a pastor, you know, if you got that kind of habit, I think you need to keep that to yourself. But, Brother Al, what do you think? Well, you know, my answer will be yes, because I hate cigarettes with a passion. You can't smoke around me. You can't smoke in my car. You can't smoke in my house. And, and it's, it's unhealthy. You know, um, it, it, it's a known fact on on what it does to your body, what it does to your lung and your liver. You know, I did a, a thing about smoking with my, 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 my um, mentoring group, and I went online, and I actually learned some things myself. You know, because, um, you know, you could tell somebody, don't smoke or, or it's bad for you, this and that. But when I went online, I basically went online to see what is made, what makes up cigarettes. And, oh, my God, I learned some things myself, the poison that they use to just create cigarettes. So, um, <clears throat> like I said, it's, it's, it's bad health-wise, period. And and as becoming, you know, a Christian and stuff, we need to break some of those nasty habits. And that's definitely a nasty habit. And like I said, the pastor, he smoked. Like I said, you, you know, okay, if you're dealing with that or, or you're trying to stop or whatever, that is something you need to keep to yourself. You, you know, you smoke and you like it, so you tell everybody, oh, hey, it's no big deal. You know, nah, we need to get rid of them cigarettes. All righty. Pastor K.L., they say Christians in general need to stay away from smoking. Mute button, Pastor KL. He oh, lights up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to get I had to get a cigarette to kind of you know relax myself. But you know, <laughs> people, people use cigarettes, you know, just just as that that excuse. You know, I'm stressed, so I have to have a cigarette off. You know, what I'm saying I'm I just finished eating and I need a cigarette. You know, when, when you know the warning signs, to, to me, when 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 the fine print says you could die. You know, as a Christian, why 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 would you fall into that? Maybe this may be my time to die. Especially when he says that I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But there there has to be a way that you live to to, to have abundant life. You know, if if you already put yourself behind the eight ball, if you will, from smoking and from drinking, but you want abundant life, you know, it, it just it just doesn't match up. You know, so. So you want God to use you in spite of what you're doing. You know what I mean? You want God to bless you financially, but you're shoplifting. <laughs> you know, you, you want God to, 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 to put food in your house, but you're going to pick me where he's stealing. You know, so, so this stuff does not balance with the will of God. So, so as a Christian, if you want God to use you in his, in, in, in his fullest, then, then you have to be open and empty in your fullest. In order for God to fill you up, there has to be an empty vessel uh, uh, willing to be filled. Uh, uh. All right, guys, all right. Oh, they say that Christian people need to stay away from being lazy. Uh, brother Al, brother Al. 
We definitely talked about this one before. Yeah, but that laziness can creep up on you. Yes, you know, how are you supposed to do God's work when you're lazy? <laughs> you know, you, that person that person needs your help over there. You know, I need to go pray for that person. Eh, I don't feel like it right now. Maybe I'll do it a little later. You know, stop being lazy. Let's get up. You know, what what if you know I tell what if God was lazy? What if God said, you know, I don't feel like waking you up this morning. Let him sleep till I feel like waking him up. You know, we got to get out of that. You know, taking care of your business. You know, it's just like what uh, Pastor Kale said. You you say. Uh, you want to be blessed abundantly. So here God blessing you abundantly, and you're sitting on it because you're lazy. Oh, I don't feel like it today. Oh, my knee hurt. Oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm tired. Excuse after excuse after excuse. So, yes, get off off that laziness. Mm-hmm. Pastor KL, Christian people need to stay away from being lazy. Yes, yes, yes. One, one, one of the being lazy is... You know, I don't know how, well, you, you stay in the house for, for your job, but people don't want to work no more. They don't want to go to work no more. You know, they want to sit down and, and, and wait for, you know, all the free money and, and all the all the free uh, subsidies. You know, the Bible says the man don't work, he don't eat. He, he, he just don't eat. So, But I, I, I see a lot of heavy-set and lazy folks. So they, they eating somewhere, you know. And, and then some of them are, are heavy set because they don't move, because they, they're too lazy to go out and find a job. You know, we end up killing ourselves and putting our, our own self and our own demise uh, uh, because of, of the things that, 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 that we decide or not decide to do. You know, back in my day, they used to say that the early bird catches the worm. People ain't not waking up until 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and then you wonder why the job is not falling in your lap to get up. You know, saying you have to meet God somewhere. You know, we, we can't just stay there and because we pray, God bless us, but, but, but there's no action with you. You know, faith, faith without works is dead. The works is the action thing. You have to do something. Amen. Amen, gentlemen. Agreed. How about that one? Brother Al, Christians need to stay away from being greedy. Oh yeah, stay away from being greedy. You know, you, <laughs> that's coming. That's that's even to food on down. You know, we 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 greed is is not good. You know, it's it's it's, it's not good at all. That means you want everything for yourself. You don't want to share anything with nobody. That's including God's uh, knowledge. You know, you, you've been selfish with God. You don't want to share his word and his love with anybody else. You just want it all for yourself, which you wind up going to be by yourself. You know, so now nah, we yeah, we got to stop that being greedy. All righty. Pastor KL. You know, the funny thing about it is that, that greed hurts you in a lot of different ways, and I'll show you. Um, first first of all, it says that, that the love of money is the root of all evil. So a lot of folks, you know, they'll, they'll look at greed as, as money. I got to have all this money. I got to have all this money. I got to have all this. But the Bible says that it's the root of all evil. He understands that we need money to survive. 
you know, but 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 when you begin to worship, buddy, and you have to have all the money, that that also causes your demise. Now, let's go to a whole other section, whereas you are the boss of your job, you are the supervisor of your job, but you don't want to share your knowledge. That's greed, because you think that somebody's going to take, take over your position. However, what people don't realize is that if you share your knowledge, it makes your job a lot easier, because somebody can help you do what you're doing. But because we're so greedy and having all this information because we want everybody to know that it can't be done without me, then where is your Joshua? Where, where is the person that gets to the next level when you have to sit down or when you need a, You can't take a vacation because you know too much, because you're too greedy. So now you're stuck. Everybody else is living. Everybody else is at the beach. Everybody else is at the hotel. But you can't go nowhere because of your greed, because you was afraid to share the knowledge that you knew. Alrighty, alrighty. Uh, they say that Christians need to stay away from bragging. Now, th- this one here, I-, I have a problem with this one when all I hear is, you know, if it wasn't for me, that wouldn't happen. I do this, and I do that, and, you know, that that person knows that because I taught that to them. And people don't realize that that's bragging. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, Brother Al? That's a bad thing, you know. Uh, I, oh, man, I always dislike somebody who brag and and um you just you just saying it's just all about you where if it wasn't for me this wouldn't be going on but that happened you know that happened because i did it right you know uh i think the only thing you should be bragging about is how good god is you know I, you can get a pass on that you're bragging on how good god is but when you bragging and it's all about you 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 know you did this and you got this and you have that it's it's a, from especially for me that's just a turn off. I'm just looking at you like you're crazy. Mm. All right, Pastor KL, bragging. Nothing can be done. Nothing doesn't get done without you. You, you, and more you. Yeah, that to to me that that is totally 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 ridiculous. Because, you know, without Christ, I would be nothing. You know, I could do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So any ability that I have or, or any talents that I have or anything that I've done is because of, of God who is inside of me. You know, the Bible says that your gift will make room for you. So you, you don't have to brag. It's going to make room for you and then bring you about great men, bring you about people in authority who's able to take you to the next level because of your gift. And, and, and God will make sure that he places you in a place where your gift can be exercised, where they can see who you are. All you have to do is be seen. You know, when, when, when we go to a, to a car lot and, and we pick out a car, we pick out a car because of what we see. You know, we, 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 we pick things when we go to the clothing store because of what we see. It didn't say anything. It just sat there on the rack, and we saw it. And because we saw it, we envisioned in our mind what it would look like on our body, and we bought it. But it didn't brag to us, hey, come pick me. It just sat there. 
category because you still you haven't forgave that person so you got a, a a grudge against that person how do you expect god to forgive you and not hold a grudge against you if you can't do it to others and when you forgive and you let go of that grudge you know that's for you not for the person you know that that's for you now i think some people may get mixed up because okay this person did something to you Okay, you forgave this person. You don't have a good, you know, it, it's done with. And and you can choose to say, okay, I forgive this person every day, but you know what? I'm not going to deal with that person in that matter no more, you know, because of what happened. So I'm going to stay clear of that. But, hey, I'll forgive you. I'll see you. I'll speak to you and everything. That's fine. But when you just hold that grudge, because that means every time you see that person, you're going to get mad. Whether you whisper it to yourself. Whether you whisper it to yourself, look at her, and she just walk around like everything good after what she did this to me. He's like Denzel, you think you can do this to me? <laughs> you know, yeah, that that's I, you know, like I said, up there with with forgiveness. You know yeah. that that that's definitely it's not good, it's not healthy, and God is not happy with it. Alrighty, Pastor KL, what's with God's people and holding grudges? Well, you know what? Unfortunately, church hurt is one of one of the greatest and biggest hurts. You know, and and because it's church hurt, people can't can't get into people being human in church. So that I man, you're supposed to be a Christian. How how would you do this to me? How how dare you do this to me? That type of stuff. But the other problem is that you holding a grudge or you're upset at somebody, and they don't know that you're upset at them. You know. I know people who, who've been not talking for years, and then when you ask them, hey, well, what happened? What was the problem? I don't even remember, but I know I don't like her no more. You know, I know mm-hmm. we ain't talking no more. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says if you have a problem with your brother, you have an art with your brother, go to them. But we rather hold this stuff and die with this stuff than to talk to them. And then when they die, you know, you want to go and, and act up at the funeral. Oh, my God, I love her. Why she had to go so soon? But you ain't talked to her in five years. Mm-hmm. In five years. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to your grave, not being able to speak to her because she already went to her grave, and now is eating you up while she's already dead. So now you're dying inside. It makes no sense to me. Mm. You know, it's it's funny that you bring up this church hurt thing because I said I was going to have a segment on this, and we were actually supposed to have a guest um, regarding church hurt. But one thing about the the thing that kind of catches me is, you know, they're they're people. They're people, and I understand that they're supposed to be Christian people and they're not supposed to do the things that, you know, other people's 
other people do and you don't expect to come to church to get the treatment that you get in the street or at the job. I get all of that. I definitely do. However, your lack of forgiveness is no better than what they've done. And I, I think, you know, a lot of times we forget about the gradation of sin in our world. You know, we we always look at things a lot worse than you know, that, well, that's the greatest sin. And there ain't nothing in the Bible that says nothing is the greatest sin. You know, sin is sin. And God looks at sin as sin. You know, and for us, you know, as long as I ain't killed somebody, you know, I could steal. You know, so that church hurt, whatever that person did to you, you know, is, is much worse than your lack of forgiveness. And... You know, it all sits right up there on the same level, and we're not going to, you know, have anything more pleasant with God than the other person is who committed the church hurt, if you will. So I think we need to just really kind of work on our understanding of of all of that, and and that way we don't walk around with, you know, holding unforgiveness like Brother Al said, because that is definitely unforgiveness. No matter how you look at it. Gentlemen, you've done a fine job with breaking all of this down. And, you know, before we go, you know, giving you an opportunity to share something with uh, our, our listeners, you know, in regards to just your behavior as a Christian person and the things you just need to stay away from, period. And how that would affect not only your life but everyone else around you, brother Al, speak directly to the listeners. What did you? What would you like to say? I would like to say, um, you know, prayer. Praying is the key because again, we're we're human first. We all have fall short of God's glory. All of us, not not just one, two. All of us have fell short of His glory. And prayer is the key. We 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 have to we have to pray. We have to stay away from from things. If you know that, okay, I'm working on, uh, I drink and I need to stop and I'm trying to stop. Then you get, hey, okay, then I need to stay away from the bars. I need to stay away from people who are sitting there drinking. So you have to remove yourself from situations. You know. Um, Every time when some things happen with me and I, I'm angry about it or whatever, I always say to myself, how can I not forgive this person when I'm, I want God to forgive me? You know, so you want God to forgive you, but you can't forgive others. You, you, have, you have to do it. And just, just stay away from things. Once you become a Christian, you can't go back to things that you used to do. Stay away from them things. You know, that's the first thing. Work on staying away from them things. And like I said, praying is the the biggest key. That helped me so much praying and asking God for help because you can't do it by yourself. We're not strong enough, but God going to give us that strength once we ask him and he see we trying and he's going to give you that strength and and help you stay away from them things that that's going to cause you to revert back to how you used to be. You hear us say it all the time, our former life. And that's that's something we used to do. And and God didn't help us so much that we're able to talk about it and laugh about it. But back then we couldn't laugh and talk about it. We was caught up in that stuff. But God has delivered us. You know what I'm saying? So don't only just act ask for the strength, ask him to deliver you. Once you deliver from it, oh you're good now. So praying is the key. Amen. 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 Amen.
amen, amen, and amen. Pastor KL, what would you like to say in your closing as you speak to God's people in regards to, you know, just staring clear of some things and what that will do for your life? Well, just just to, to kind of piggyback off of Brother Al, because he said some wonderful things, you know, I'd like to reiterate that you are more than enough. And, 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 and stop thinking that you can't come out of this thing. Stop thinking that you've done so bad that no one can see the good in you. You know, stop, stop putting yourself down and, and accepting where you are. You know, that, that's one of the biggest problems with people that don't want to come to church, that people who don't want to come to Christ is because they've accepted where they are because in their mind they've done so bad and done so little that they, they can't be used. They can't be transformed. They can't be delivered. They can't be healed. God is not a man that he shall lie nor the son of man that he shall repent. If God said he can do it, it shall be done. You have to just believe that it can be done, that, that even you, you know, um, if, if you look at, at people in the Bible who, who, who God has healed, who God has delivered, even them, they, they never thought that, 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 that it would happen, you know, and he's not a respected person. So listen, I'm not Pastor Kale because I, I've been so great. I'm not Pastor Kale because I've had so much knowledge in the Word. I was a sinner. You know, I, I've done some stuff that, that, that I, I'm not proud of. However, that has gotten me to the point of where I am now. So I, I can tell you that if God can deliver me from being, a let's say, a hoe, you know, from, from, from getting on planes just, just to go see women all over the place. And if he can take that taste out of my mouth, then I don't care what you're going through, whether you're smoking, whether, whether you're running with women, running with men, whether you're stealing. Whatever. There is no sin greater than the other. The only sin you cannot come back from is suicide. So God can even deliver you out of the mess that you're in. And I am the messenger to give you the message to deliver you from your mess. All you have to do is believe in God, and God will do it. He, I, I promise you, he can use you. He can pick you up from wherever hole that you are in, and he can take you from the pit to the palace. Amen, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray that you have a blessed weekend. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you. You as well. You as well. You, you Thank too. You. Thank you. All right, let's get this benediction. Hmm. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. Second John 3. Hmm. You know, I wanted to make sure... Um, job well done today uh, for our men. We actually had a full hour of that uh, that topic, and some excellent things came from it, and I want to say thank you to our men for holding it down for us today. And speaking of men, I believe it was in 20 or 21, we got a phone call the day before Mother's Day. And 
the question on the table. The person had been, a guy, a gentleman had been having a conversation, and he called Shantice to find out, uh, was it true? Because he had stopped going to church, so I guess he needed to talk to someone who was still going to church. <laughs> and we did some research, and we found out that underneath it all, you know, when you first do the origin of Mother's Day, they tell you about some woman who, you know, back in whatever year, you know, she wanted to salute her mother, and she decided to start practicing Mother's Day, and then, you know, of course it always gets filtered into the church, and that's how Mother's Day got started. But that's not quite what happened. What originally uh, happened was, especially the Greeks, you know, if anybody ever studies Greek, um, any any history of the Greeks, they are very idolistic. And to make a long story short, it was the, 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 the worshiping of not just the sun, because if anyone has ever done any research, there's a lot of different church practices that come from worshiping of the sun. But not just, they didn't just worship the sun, they worshiped the mother of the sun. Now, my Bible doesn't tell me that the sun has a mother. Now, I don't know what Bible anybody else is reading, but the Holy Bible that I've decided to kind of cling on to, it doesn't tell me that the Son has a mother. It tells me that God created the Son to be our guide during the day for the light and the moon to be the light that helps us in the dark. So that means that we're following something that's idolistic. So, being convicted, we decided to stop the practice. Does it mean that we don't honor our mothers? Absolutely not. Because one of the things that God helped us to focus on is we honor our mothers, or we should, and our fathers all day, every day. That should be our practice. And for those of us who no longer have our moms or our dads, you know, we can't honor them now because they're no longer here. But hopefully prior to that, you did honor them. So we no longer practice Mother Mother's Day or Father's Day. But it does not negate that I am surrounded by some phenomenal fathers. And every year since then, I always get caught because being that I no longer pay attention to the date, before I know it, it's Mother's Day, it's Father's Day, and I'm like, ah, I didn't mention anything on the broadcast to salute my fathers and my mothers. And I didn't catch Mother's Day because it snuck up on me again, but I made it my business to make sure to today, you know, and I said, I'm going to start doing this outside of the month of June altogether and May altogether. But I do want to say to our men who are our due timers 
that you are some of the most phenomenal fathers I have ever met, have ever had any relationship with, and it is a pleasure to be your friend, to be your sister, to be your partner in Christ. Your your children have been blessed to have you, and, and more than anything, you are men of God. And... You know, it, 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 especially now since the news is sticking us in our face, you know, we've come to realize that it's a whole lot more than to just be a father. It is so much more than just to be a man. But we need to be men and women of God. We need to be parents who are godly because as we have clearly seen, we are not just needed for our earthly wisdom. We are especially needed for our godly wisdom that supersedes anything we could have ever gotten here on earth. And continue to allow God to use you, continue to be a blessing to not only your children, but to your grandchildren, to the children of you, in your family, to be the children in your church, to be great fathers to the children in your community, because it matters. We have had such a decline in who our men are here on earth. You know, they always say that most of them are either in jail or they're gay. <laughs> So women don't have the pickings that they, you know, should or hope to. But it's it's a wonderful to know that all of you don't fall in that category. And you know, I do not subscribe to all men are dogs because even in your former lives, if you were dogs, because my theory is, then what does that say for who God created? God did not create every man equal. So we can't just blanketly say all men are dogs because then what are we saying about God? So to all of you um, fathers, you know, I love you dearly. I love you in the Lord, and I am so glad to have you um, in my life. You're not my father, and which is so dumb when I hear men say, well, she ain't my mother, you know, when you ask her to do something nice for your wife or whatever, so she ain't my mother. You know, we need to just salute um, you all together. And so I will not be saying Happy Father's Day to you, um, but I do want to say that we are blessed to have you in the father role. And you have allowed your former lives to you know, be a key to who you have become and continue to press forward toward the mark where God is happy with your lives and continue to be a blessing. So thank you. I want to say thank you. You know, we we have lots of conversation we have here. You know, today we, you know, didn't have that jump up and down news you know how Pastor Steph gets, 
you know, I get very passionate, you know, especially on Tuesdays, you know, when it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday. But, you know, we had a, a wonderful conversation today, and I want you all to pay attention to the things that, you know, we as God's people need to stay away from. We need to stay from away from idolistic behavior practices. That was one of the things that was on the list that I didn't touch because I'm like, okay, for the most part, we, we talk about that all the time. But being that we just got finished talking about the idolistic practice of Mother's and Father's Day, don't have any association with things that are idolistic. You know, the same way you wouldn't make your job a an idol when you wouldn't make, you know, another person your idol. God says, I'm a very jealous God. And if you know that things that we are doing is idolistic, if we know we're just paying attention, you know, no, it's not okay to continue to practice something that we know has an idolistic origin. The same reason why we stay away from Christmas and Easter and, you know, all these other areas it needs to have the same level of um, focus and same level of conviction. You know, we don't do those things, you know. we. I think a lot of us don't realize that when you do watch night service, you need to do your research on that. It's, it's a, a heavy practice for church people. And do your homework. Stop practicing things without understanding why you're doing it. It's an observance of an idealistic practice. Watch what we do. And when something was when something that small or that big, however you want to look at it, as a holiday, you know, can can really you know, just go in that direction. You're like, dang! You know, you get to the point where we can't do nothing. You know what? We can serve God. And we can serve God appropriately. We can serve God accurately. We can serve God accordingly. Okay? So let's just do this the right way. Do your homework. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank our men, our due time crew, for coming through big time and sending us into a thought-provoking weekend. Thank you for hanging out with us all week and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to choose Jesus as your personal Savior right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to just strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now. Later is not promised to any of us. Until Sunday, there's a special, special word prayer project in line. God spare our life. We're going to be having a guest on with us just a little earlier than the 9 o'clock hour. So I invite you to join us. There's going to be some giveaways 
and there's going to be some gifts. So make sure you're a part of it and come on in the room and help us pray regarding whatever God chooses for Sunday. Until then, I love you. 